My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Squanderlust, a podcast about the emotional side of money, why our actions aren't always as good as our intentions, and what, if anything, we can do about it. I'm Martha Lawton. And I'm Alex Lemon. And we're your hosts. Today on Squanderlust, why believing you can't fix your finances could be the root of your money troubles, and why sometimes it really does pay to be positive. Today's topic is self-efficacy. Say that five times fast. Self-efficacy, 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 self-efficacy. I have been practising. <laughs> because it is a bit of a tongue twister. It really is. <laughs> self-efficacy. Um, yes, yes. Which is not about um, being self-effacing. No. In fact, it's very different from that. Pretty much the opposite, even. It's about your belief in your ability to achieve the thing that you set out to achieve by doing what needs to be done effectively. Right. Okay. Lofty. Yeah. So the guy who sort of defined this in the mid-90s, an American-Canadian psychologist called Albert Bandura, gave the technical definition of people's belief about their capabilities to produce designated levels of performance that exercise their influence over events that affect their lives. Say that five times fast, Albert. Um, <laughs> good without things. There's, there's, there's some big words in there. There are. It's like academies, isn't it? Just mm, rather. <laughs> yeah. Slightly impenetrable, but we know he means well. He does. He does. Um, so it's how much do you trust yourself to take the actions you need to take to give you the results that you want in any task that you're going to try? Oh. How much do you right. trust yourself? Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's about can you make a difference in your life by doing stuff? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the opposite of learned helplessness, if you've heard that idea. Mm, I have. I came across that in um, Martin Seligman's book, Learned Optimism, which is worth a read if you want to yeah. find out more about it. We, we might do an episode on learned optimism at some point in the future. I think that's a good topic to cover as well. But so 
self-efficacy is the opposite of that. It is your belief in your ability to do stuff. Mm. Whereas learn, learned helplessness being the belief that you can't change anything and you can't do, you know, you're just in a situation and you can't get out. Yes. So self-efficacy is interesting because it's specific to the goal. You can have high self-efficacy in one area of your life and not in another. Although most people will have a tendency to have higher or lower belief in their capabilities just in general. Mm. So people tend to feel more in control of the course of their life or less. Mm. And that will depend a lot on their past experiences mm. and people around them and all sorts of other factors mm. as well. I suppose, I suppose it can vary with the thing that you're doing. It could vary with the stage you are in life, but yes. you may have a bit of a mode around that. Yes, mm. yes, exactly that, exactly that. Um, so, you know, as an example, you could believe you're a great cook, but have no confidence in your ability to manage money. <laughs> right? <laughs> I do not believe I'm a great cook, but <laughs> one could, one could believe that. I've had your, I've had your stew. It was a good <laughs> stew. It was very tasty. But yeah, it's a few things to kind of clear up. It's not the same thing as self-esteem or self-confidence. Mm -hmm. It's related, but it's specifically yeah. about whether you can achieve the thing you're trying to do. It's not about whether you're basically okay as a person. Mm. Sort of Self-esteem and self-confidence tend to be a bit more just about your value and, mm. and your worth as a person. And what you, yeah, what you think, you know, how acceptable or, you know, how it's a bit more external. Yeah. Self-efficacy is quite internal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's specific to action, self-efficacy. And it's also not the same as motivation mm. because you can know you're good at something and just not want to do it. <laughs> Accountancy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there are lots of links. This this affects huge amounts of our lives in, in all sorts of ways. I thought about calling this episode the devil's advocate episode mm. <laughs> except that i hate that phrase i hate it too and i hate i hate it because your sister told me why she hated it and i'm like oh my god i think that too yeah so. <laughs> yeah it gets used by the worst kind of people who yeah. want to debate you yeah and, yeah. and then let me just be devil's advocate here how about no yeah yeah, the devil has enough advocates. He does pay quite well. Mm. So, uh, no. Mm. So, yeah, I did think about calling this the devil's advocate episode because in some ways some of the things we're going to say are going to challenge um, or appear to challenge some of the things we've said in other episodes. Right, okay. Self-efficacy. Yeah. Well, self-efficacy can mitigate the effects of lots of the other things mm. that we are talking about on this mm. podcast. So it can mitigate, for example, ego depletion, which we talked about in series one. Mm. If you believe in your ability to avoid temptation, even when you are tired or have reduced low blood sugar or whatever else is going on, even if you've been stressed out already and resisting other temptations, you are still more likely to be able to carry on resisting temptations if you believe in your ability to do so. Um, it, it does all sorts of things like that. It sort of mitigates various kinds of... Simple procrastination. Yeah. To just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. do it. I'm doing it now. Yeah. I've stopped procrastinating. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, something that, that's kind of important to note is that 
low self-efficacy is really linked to an awful lot of common mental health issues. Mm. So anxiety, stress, depression. If your self-efficacy is strong, um, that tends to improve those conditions. Mm. So if you have um, a low belief in your ability to make a change if it's needed, then that's very anxiety-provoking. It makes it harder to push on through a stressful situation because you don't believe in your ability to cope as well or to to make a change that will reduce that stress. It's easier to to start feeling overwhelmed if you don't believe in your ability to make a difference. And it, it makes depression worse because if you can't change something that's bad, then, you know, you become more apathetic, you become more helpless and that is a you know really key part of feeling very depressed so it's quite cyclical mm-hmm. if you've got low self-efficacy you don't believe you can take action you're less likely to try mm. when you don't try there's no proof that action pays off mm. because you're not taking action so there is no evidence mm. that of the value of taking action and then the outcomes in your life feel very out of control. Things feel done to you because you're not taking an active part in in making them happen. And then because things feel done to you, your world feels out of control and that reduces your sense of self-efficacy further. And all of this is very relevant to money because money has to be actively managed. Mm. Even at the most, the most basic level, I don't care how simple your finances are, on some level you actively have to manage them. Mm. And if you don't, then poor self-efficacy around money is going to feel like money is something that's done to you. Mm. Your financial situation happens to you rather than being something that you have any say over or control over. And that's actually part of the reason why there's a link between poor mental health and money issues. There are lots of other reasons as well, but that is a part of it. I just want to really quickly say we're not saying that there's no structural inequality and, the, you know, if you only believed that you could do anything, oh you'd be able to achieve anything. We're not saying that. No. no. But we are saying that when you believe in your own ability to take action and in the fact that the actions you take can make a difference, mm. that does make it more likely that you will have positive outcomes. Mm. And it does make it easier to cope with stress. It makes it easier for you to reduce your anxiety and and, and avoid feeling depressed. Mm. And whatever your situation, if you have low self-efficacy, the risk that you end up in money problems is higher. Whatever your underlying situation and underlying risk is, if you get into a low efficacy situation, self-efficacy situation, yeah, your risk being in some money problems. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. When you aren't exercising the control you have, and looking for opportunities to exercise the control you have, then the chances are that things will get worse mm. <laughs> and, and and that will compound on itself. So, yeah, I mean, having talked about that, the sort of the, the downside of not having it on the upside, when you do have self-efficacy, you're likely to be more optimistic because you are looking for opportunities to make your situation better because you feel that that's a thing that's worth doing. You're more likely to try something new because... Again, you feel like you can control the outcome of trying something new. You sort of trust your judgment a little bit more. You're more motivated by and interested in any kind of activity that you undertake because the outcome feels like it's your outcome. Mm. 
if outcomes don't feel like something that happens to you, then eh, why why bother? Mm. More likely to be more resilient in the face of adversity. Mm. Probably better at problem solving, again, because you're looking more for different solutions mm. because that feels in your control mm. to do so. Mm. The more that you do it, the more practice you've had and the more examples you've got of mm. or you know more resources to draw from to solve problems and to keep going with things and yeah, yeah exactly more ideas you'll exactly. generate mm. yeah 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 definitely there's also a tendency to take failure less personally which is interesting because if you're saying well, <laughs> it's about i did this thing yeah. oh i did that thing oh dear <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yet people with better self-efficacy tend to actually take failures and slip-ups less mm. personally and not more so. Mm. That is quite an interesting one. Yeah, somehow, well, slip-ups aren't the world doing a bad thing to you. Mm. They're just, oh, oops. oops. <laughs> <laughs> Won't do that again. Probably will. <laughs> but obviously, you know, this edge is very close to believe it and you can do it thinking, which... Yeah. Oh. Both, both of us have kind of got creepy skin at this point. Yeah. We don't really... No. We don't like it. Every, every, you know, bogus motivational speaker, just this is <laughs> this is their stock in trade, mm. right? And that's, again, why I was going to call this the devil's advocate episode, because mm. I'm having to agree with these people who just make my, set my teeth on edge. Mm. It sounds so corny. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And sure, you know, pure optimism is not realistic. Right. You can't kind of magic self-efficacy out of nowhere. You yeah. do need some evidence in order to believe it yeah yeah you do and I think this whole kind of oh just back up just think positive things and everything will come your way sort of mentality is Mm. so unhelpful for a lot of people yeah and you know actually pure optimism is totally not self-efficacy it's just thinking whatever happens it's going to be brilliant I mean unrealistic and also that is saying that the world's going to turn out brilliant for you for no reason whatsoever yeah yeah, a lot of it is down to effort and graft and yes. <laughs> try, yeah. try, try. Yeah, well, and, and look for opportunities. Mm. Don't just keep plugging at one thing all mm. the time. Mm. I mean, one of the reasons... Reference sunk costs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to that app. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I love the film Little Miss Sunshine mm. because one of the central characters is a failed motivational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at some point, yeah, well, he he just, he's doing all the, th the motivational speaker things mm. and he's being really persistent because that's his his shtick is you just have to keep trying but it's not paying off for him mm. and and i i just love that character yeah. i love that, mm. that trope it's great yeah for every successful motivational speaker you see there will be an entire heap of unsuccessful ones behind them. <laughs> yes. And I think that does sort of tie into something, which is that people who promote a kind of believe it and you can do it uh, without any substance behind it, those people often um, are doing so without acknowledging that belief isn't enough and you do actually have to do the work mm. and do the thought mm. and do the planning and, mm. and so on. So, yeah, it's not great. And then some people who provide this point of view then use it as an excuse to be nasty to people who are depressed mm. or anxious and, mm. and say things like, well, if you weren't so negative all the time. Mm. Which is not helpful. No. <laughs> Sometimes not... things are just a bit bad and you need to spend a little time going, I feel bad. And then, you know. And then pick yourself and then up. Get and on with it. Get yeah. on with it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. Self-compassion again. Yeah, exactly. Self-compassion is, is vital. And people who actually have self-efficacy strongly often are reasonably compassionate. Mm. It's the people who are a little bit wobbly about their own mm. ability who have to have a tantrum at anybody who casts a doubt because, you know, they're pushing down the doubts in their own mind. I suppose that relates to the um, taking failure less personally is we won't take it as personally if you're like, oh, well, that happened. I mm -hmm. tried, but, pff, you know, didn't work. The self-compassion in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think self-efficacy is something that a lot of people really lack around money. I think it is, a lot of people do feel like money is something that happens to them. Um, it's not really in their control. And I want to say that whatever your situation is, and even though, you know, economics around you are a thing that happen to you, <laughs> Mm. You know, within the sphere that you can exercise control, it is worthwhile doing that. You will be better off putting the effort in than not. I often think of the example of somebody who sort of tries to save up for something good and they're looking forward to the, the positive of the thing they've saved for and then life happens and there's some kind of emergency expense. Mm. Mm. I don't know, a pipe bursts. Yeah. It's pretty much a classic, isn't yeah. it? And then you don't get to spend the money on the nice thing. Mm. And a lot of people will interpret that as it's not worth my while saving because the universe takes my savings away from right. me. Yeah. And that's a very low self-efficacy kind of point of view on mm. that. But I actually, it was totally worth your while saving 
you didn't have to borrow when the emergency happened. Mm. You just had to change the definition of what you were saving for. It turns out those were emergency savings. That wasn't what you were calling them before, but it's what they were. Mm. Mm. (laughs) You were better off because you had them. So trying to frame the things that are going on for you as in a a self-efficacious way. Efficacious. Yes. Is a a good idea. Because you will just feel more optimistic about your situation and Mm. it will help. Mm. This again relating to episode on the growth mindset, fixed mindset, growth. This is a growth mindset situation of the yet, the yet of that. Like, I can't Mm. do this yet. I haven't done that yet. It's not everything is terrible and I can't do anything. It's like I just haven't done anything yet or there are more things I can do or I can think around this problem. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's talk a bit about how you can actually develop this self-efficacy because we've just said you can't magic it out of thin air and Mm. and having some person with a loud shirt and a microphone Mm. (laughs) preach it at you is probably not going to be the answer. So in order of, I guess, decreasing impact, these are some of the things that you can do that will help develop self-efficacy. The obvious one is just doing stuff (laughs) okay practice doing stuff and remembering that it's normal to fail at your first tries right Mm. with regards to finances just change one financial habit at a time but really focus on making that change Mm. congratulate yourself every time you succeed Mm. so if you acknowledge your successes you're reinforcing the times when you did something and it had a positive impact. Mm. One of the things that people with low self-efficacy will do is they'll dismiss their successes yeah, as if their successes didn't really belong to them. Yeah, that's the thing we do a lot, mm. a lot in life, I think. Maybe yeah. I'll just talk about myself. But I think it is, it's a very common thing to kind of underplay stuff and then when you... When you point, you know, congratulate a small thing, people are like, oh, don't make a fuss, you know, or mm. I shouldn't make a fuss or it's not worth it. But, you know, like thinking about how I've sorted my own finances out, particularly pointedly in the last few months. Yeah, like, you know, the times where I've I've made my sandwich and I've taken it for dinner mm-hmm. because I know I'm not going to go home between work and going out in the evenings. Yeah. You know, like, that's a small win, but I did it, you know, pat on the back for doing that. I didn't have to spend seven quid on something and prep. Exactly. And I have paid off my credit card that I talked about in season one. That's Mm. all gone. Mm. I am now saving actively. Mm. You you know what? This podcast is having a positive effect. (laughs) It's done it for me as well. Both our finances. (laughs) It's been pretty boss, actually. Um, I know. It's it's kind of... I mean, Doctors Healing Lifestyles, like the whole first episode was about yeah. Why, why we're not necessarily great at money, but <laughs> we're actually making ourselves better at money. Hey, self-efficacy in action right there. Yeah. So, yeah, congratulate yourself on the time you succeed. Take small, simple steps towards the thing, and but also don't stick to just the small, simple steps. Like, do try and stretch yourself hmm. because you increase self-efficacy when you stretch yourself, hmm. when you challenge yourself a little bit. So that is this whole comfort zone thing, but actually stepping beyond that, even hmm. if it's only a small step beyond your comfort zone a little bit, it does help build that sense of yourself as a competent person. Mm. Recall the times when you have accomplished something difficult, and that can be anything mm. difficult that you've mm. accomplished. Mm. If you remember that you have achieved difficult things in the past, you can remember that you've done those and you can do this in the future, mm. including any time you bounced back from a failure. You can reframe that as a success. You survived, you kept going, you know things you didn't know before. If you can reframe a a bounce back as a success, 
then that will help build your self-efficacy as well. Because there's so many things, you know, again, coming back to not acknowledging the small things that you do right. This is also acknowledging the experiences that you've had and all the things that you've done that mean that you are well-equipped. You know, just because something isn't specifically related to the thing you're trying to do doesn't mean that it doesn't draw on a lot of the same internal resources. Yes. That makes it sound like HR. Internal resources. Your own <laughs> personal interior HR department. <laughs> I won't ever say internal resources again. Also, look for the things you did right, even when they didn't work out. I mean, that's that the, the thing I was just talking about, saving for a fun goal and then having those savings wiped out by an emergency expense. Mm-hmm. That's a positive outcome. So you did the right thing, even if it didn't actually work out on this occasion. So looking for those situations where you did the right thing, even if the outcome wasn't necessarily ideal. I know what we're saying here is that self-efficacy is based on your belief in your ability to affect outcomes but actually understanding that you make good choices is a part of of self-efficacy and having a belief in your own ability to make good choices is Mm. is important and then the next one down from developing self-efficacy by doing yourself Mm. is the vicarious bit so watching people around you especially people you relate to accomplish the thing that you're trying to attempt Mm can be really, like, really help you believe that you could do it too. If you have friends who are really good with money, having a chat with them about how they did that can be great. And if you know somebody who's got out of debt, for example, or who's been able to afford something that you think, how did they afford that on that income? You know, have a chat with them because they may have some really great tips for you and and they may help open your eyes to the fact that, yeah, it's possible to do much more than you thought you were able to do. And, I mean, for me, this is why the kind of peer support models like Money A&E model, we've got an interview with Money A&E and a lot of the way that they work, they're a financial education organisation, they use peer support and peer mentoring and, and so on to deliver a lot of their education and the reason that's the reason it's so effective is because people relate to the the mentors the the coaches etc and it makes them believe and trust that the things that coach says that they could implement those things and it would really genuinely make a difference for themselves Mm. i think we just all need to talk more about money and to be a bit more open about it yeah (laughs) just generally then we could find out where those similarities are between each other and you know once you know the common ground you can be supportive in that way but everyone thinks I mean when you've got any big problem you always think you're alone and then once you talk about it you find out you're not but people are just so afraid of you know the taboo about money and making it sound like you've got more or less or whatever it is you know Mm. whichever way it is you're wrong so yeah yeah if we just kind of cast that off a little bit more we could all help each other out Mm -hmm. on which note role models yeah yeah because like where, where vicarious stuff, you look a bit more specifically at the thing that needs to be achieved. Yeah. Like with role models, you can look at the attitude and behaviours that, you know, someone you know, someone you admire, someone you like has done something that they found difficult. They had to really kind of dig deep to do it. And it may be, you know, something completely unrelated to money, but you can look at what have they done with themselves and yes. how have they drawn on themselves to actually do the thing. Yeah, stories of just people you admire overcoming challenges build your sense of your ability to overcome challenges Mm. Um, as long as you kind of relate to them on some level Mm. 
that will happen. And I mean, just from a financial perspective, there are literally hundreds of people out there blogging about their journey out of debt. Mm. If you are in that position, you will be able to find somebody talking about their journey mm. to a better financial situation and you'll be able to follow along on that journey mm. and, and just take some inspiration from that and, and that can build your mm. sense of your own ability to do better and get better at all of this. I do think as well, like it can be on any topic because, you know, we're talking here about the emotions around money and emotions, there's the same group of emotions that comes to different things and there's emotions that you experience to do with money that you experience to do with your job, your housing arrangements, like loads of other, yeah. your friends. You know, there's a similar set of emotions that get triggered for different reasons and if you're just trying to find a way to dig in and do something, then you can look at other people who have had to be quite courageous about something or to be quite self-confronting about something or have had to completely, you know, write everything off and start all again. It may, mm. you know, it could be in any aspect of their life. And part of self-efficacy being that reframing thing is like maybe the reframing is around, you know, kind of translation of an experience or an yeah. emotion or an attitude to, yeah. to a particular situation that you're in. And the last one, the last couple, I mean, there's... There's the pep talk. Mm. Someone telling you you can. Mm. That will help. It does help to have somebody tell you, yes, you can Yes, you can make this happen. Mm. It does depend on how much you trust that person. Mm. It is a bit tricky. It's easier to convince someone they can't than that mm. they can. Mm. <laughs> Partly because you get proof you can't sooner with a difficult task than you do that you can. Mm. It takes longer to be able to. Mm. But yeah, others showing confidence in you as well, which doesn't have to be verbal, but just if somebody by their actions shows confidence in your ability to to do something, that mm. improves your sense of your ability to do it. Um, and the last one, which again, like the believe it and you can do it motivational speaker, this one tingles my hokum senses. <laughs> hokum <but> senses. <laughs> oh. It is apparently effective. And that's visualising success. So just taking some time to really imagine in detail what it would take to be successful, mm. visualising yourself doing the things it would take to be successful, visualising the outcome, really putting yourself in that picture of, you know, how great would it be if this paid off? Mm. But that has to include you being in the picture of it paying mm. off, not just, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have a lovely big house? Yeah. Or, <laughs> oh, I won the lottery. Yeah, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great to be being lauded with a Nobel Prize or some, you know, whatever it was. The one be. for economics. Yeah. You know, for our podcast. <laughs> Something like that. I'd probably have to get nominated first. <laughs> Won't let that stand in our way. Um, yeah. But you, you actually have to put yourself into the picture and think about visualise yourself on the journey there as well. I struggle with this one a little I'm not such a visual person. I'm so mm. feelings. I'm all the feelings. That yeah, like I I did see someone talking about um I think I've mentioned it before as well. Imagining how they'll feel when they've achieved something. Like yeah. what are the you know, where are they in their world? How good does it feel to have got there and to kind of draw on that and I'm much more a sort of feelingsy. So visualization mm. not necessarily being pretty pictures in the mind, you know, it's it can be about feelings and Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever you're imagining mm. of the the success of what you're trying to achieve would be. Mm. Just really making it seem really concrete for you can help build your sense of your ability to achieve it. 
Now, which of all of these will work best for you probably depends a bit on your personality and your circumstance. And I mean, I think, you know, I think there is a, a sort of hierarchy, which is the order we've just gone in with with doing it yourself, mm. <laughs> actually doing the thing, mm. being obviously the thing that's going to give you the most evidence that you can. Mm. But all of these do have some evidence behind them that they can help build mm. you up. I also had a thought as well to reference our, our previous series. Um, we did an episode on self-care, which is very relevant here, I think, because if you know, self-efficacy takes a lot of effort. <laughs> um, to do things takes effort from yourself. And sometimes if you've really run your, you know, your your internal resources, your special <laughs> personal HR department down, then a bit of self-care is yeah. probably required before you can muster the strength to push on. And, yeah. you know, you will feel a bit more helpless if you're really tired. <laughs> yes, 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 <laughs> And yes, you're yes. just done yes. for the day or the week. So, yeah, yeah. have a think about some of the self-care stuff we brought up before as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We didn't talk about it now, but, but um, Bandura does say that, a, a, you know, a stressful environment um, or a negative environment pulls down mm. self-efficacy and mm. does make it harder. So taking care of yourself physiologically, psychologically mm. and building yourself back up, taking time to relax and so on mm. will absolutely help to replenish mm. and enable you to start, you know, building up that, that sense of yourself as a person who can do again. I want to end this podcast on a quote because I really like this. Um, and this is a, another quote from Albert Bandura. He says, self-belief does not necessarily ensure success, but self-disbelief assuredly spawns failure. And that, I think, is really our final message for this. Look for the opportunities to catch yourself being good with money and then watch the benefits that that brings. You've been listening to Squanderlust, a podcast about the emotional side of money. Your hosts were Martha Lawton and Alex Lemon. You can find us online at squanderlustpod.com, where we'll put links to show notes, books and articles we mention, and other interesting things. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or you have a story to tell about something you've heard here, get in touch through the website. If you enjoyed Squanderlust, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and rate us too. The more stars you give the happier we get. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Squanderlust is sponsored by Wardour Studios in Fitzrovia, London, with production by David Smith, Charlie Brandon King, and Alicia Cunningham. Our theme music is by Wardour Studios and graphic design by Jason Reed. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards 
Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. 